Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Numbers 877 Not a lot happened with uh, Putin and Biden, quite frankly. We'll circle back to that later. It's certainly nothing worth leading. I don't think. But I woke up this morning to a story. All the headlines. Congressional gold medal vote. A congressional gold medal to all the officers who defended the Capitol on January 6th. 21 Republicans voted no. And the media are very upset about this. The media are very upset about this. Now let's step back. The media have spent over a year trashing law enforcement in this country. Every reprobate, imaginable, miscreant, malcontent, whether professors or otherwise, members of Black Lives Matter are brought on TV to tell us how bad the cops are. Except for, apparently, the Capitol Hill police. Because those police deserve a congressional gold medal. Not the police who were trying to defend the Portland Federal Building. Not the police who tried to defend their own precincts in every city in this country virtually. Not the park police and the Secret Service who defended the White House from attacks on the White House. No, no, they don't deserve anything except to be trashed. And I remember what took place in Portland, and I remember what Pelosi and Clyburn had to say, the number one and number three Democrats in the House, who now want to hand out gold medals. And I want to remind you, because it was only one year ago, June 2020, When Nancy Pelosi compared federal law enforcement that was trying to protect a federal courthouse 
from an insurrection, a violent armed insurrection, stormtroopers. Cut 15, go. I said they acted like stormtroopers, and they did, and my colleagues have said that as well. What is, I'm an organizer, that's how I came into all of this, chair of the California Democratic Party, and peaceful protest is who we are and what we do. And do some other people come along and, and try to disrupt? Yes. But you don't send in people acting like stormtroopers into the scene and evoking even more, uh, even more uh, unease and unrest. I see. So the men and women in uniform trying to protect that courthouse day in and day out under attack, physical violent attack by Black Lives Matter and Antifa. They're acting like stormtroopers. They don't get gold medals. Not a congressional gold medal. No, they're stormtroopers. They're Nazis. That's what stormtroopers are. Nazis. And she wasn't alone. James Clyburn. One month later, July 2020. Cut 16. Go. Nobody asked the federal government to come into Portland. Nobody asked them to come to Seattle. This is something that's made up out of whole cloth by this administration as an excuse for sending in stormtroopers in order uh, to incite people. So, the President of the United States, in order to protect federal property, sends in federal authorities, doesn't even use the Insurrection Act, and by trying to protect property in Portland and Seattle, against violent insurrectionists who the Democrats supported time and time again. Clyburn called them stormtroopers in no uncertain terms, a.k.a. Nazis. And he did it again. Cut 17, go. Uh, John Lewis's life uh, was down there taken away from him on the Edmund Pettus Bridge at a time when only 2% of the African Americans in Alabama were registered to vote. He was trying to get the vote for black people in Alabama and uh, was met by a mob of police officers. Uh, this president is demonstrating once again with sending uh, stormtroopers into Portland and other cities. He's doing the same thing today that John Lewis fought against in Selma, Alabama. What a sick mind that is on two counts. So using federal law enforcement to protect federal property as well as other property is like Bull Connor? And so does that mean Antifa and Black Lives Matter and their violence and their Marxism and their desire to overthrow the country and their anti-Semitism and anti-Americanism? Is that what John Lewis fought for? Clyburn? No, I don't think so. And once again, the stormtroopers, the reference to Nazis. But ladies and gentlemen, 21 Republicans voted against a congressional gold medal for the officers who defended the Capitol building. We would like to see 14,000 hours or so of videotape, wouldn't you, ladies and gentlemen, to see what officers did what? Because we don't teach in schools anymore, and because the media do not report anymore, You would believe that January 6th really was an insurrection. Because you listen to an attorney general who is a loathsome leftist, 
formerly dressed up as a federal judge. Now he's out of the closet. You would think that the greatest fear we have is what took place on January 6th when unarmed people entered the the House building. Now look, I denounced it and I continue to denounce it, particularly the attacks on the cops. But that's not my point. There were real efforts at insurrections. And they were Democrats. On March 1, 1954, four Puerto Rican Americans fired guns in the House of Representatives, injuring five congressmen. The attackers said they acted to demand independence for the U.S. territory Puerto Rico. The injured congressmen survived and the four received prison sentences. But then what happened? President Jimmy Carter commuted one of their sentences in 1977 and granted clemency to the other three in 1979. Hey! What happened to an attack on the Capitol building? Five members of the House of Representatives were shot. They were injured. But Jimmy Carter, a Democrat, commuted the sentence of one and granted clemency to the other three. Wow. On March 1, 1971, 17 years later, a bomb exploded in the Capitol building. While the explosion didn't injure anyone, it caused some 300,000 in damage. A group calling itself the Weather Underground claimed to be behind the bombing and said it was in protest of the ongoing U.S. support bombing of Laos. A bomb? The Weather Underground? Isn't that Bill Ayers and, and Dorn's group? Aren't those Obama's buddies? Yes, they are. A bomb! And the intention, according to Ayers, was, with all the bombings, to overthrow the government of the United States. That's an insurrection. Here's two insurrections. Isn't it amazing? In the first case, Jimmy Carden basically pardons them all. In the second case, it involves one of the masterminds, Barack Obama's buddy. Wow. No wonder they don't discuss this on TV. Thirteen years later, on November 7, 1983... A bomb tore through the second floor of the Senate wing of the Capitol. I believe it was near Robert Byrd's office. The Grand Klegel, but we'll get into that another day. The device detonated late in the evening and no one was harmed, but it caused an estimated quarter of a million dollars in damage. A group calling itself the Armed Resistance Unit later claimed responsibility for the attack, saying it was in retaliation for military actions in Grenada and Lebanon. Seven people were eventually arrested in connection with the attack. Wow! 1954, 1971, 1983. Real, live shootings and bombings by the Marxist left. And several of them were pardoned by Jimmy Carter. And one of the people, one of the masterminds is Barack Obama's close friend and political mentor. But 21 Republicans voted no on this bill, ladies and gentlemen. Here you have the Speaker, the number one Democrat in the House, and the number three Clyburn calling federal law enforcement stormtroopers while they're trying to defend government property and other property. Here you have a Democrat president pardoning Puerto Rican terrorists. Here you have another Democrat president, friends, political allies, associates with a domestic terrorist. Isn't it amazing? 
But you see, January 6th is the day we must remember. January 6th. I would remind the phony Attorney General of the United States. Chase down the Klansmen. Chase down the neo-Nazis. Conservatives, Republicans, constitutionalists have nothing to do with them. We reject them. In fact, we reject all violence. But apparently, sir, you do not. Because you excused what happened in Portland in your testimony to become Attorney General. You said that wasn't domestic terrorist because it happened at night. Night? That's the distinction? This guy was a judge? The Democrat Party is filled with violence and hate and racism and poison. That is who they are. To have this phony Attorney General, phony President of the United States, phony Speaker of the House, phony Clyburn and the rest of them act like they care about the cops. They only care about the cops when the cops are defending them. The rest of America can go to hell. They only care about the military when the National Guard can be called in to ring the Capitol building. And we still don't know to this day what Nancy Pelosi knew and when she knew it. How in the hell was she unaware that there was going to be a massive protest on the Capitol grounds? The whole world knew it. Apparently, she didn't. What did she do about it? She has spent more time trying to create a narrative after the fact, then trying to address a protest before and during the fact. That tells you a lot. The Democrat Party, including its presidents, have embraced violence directly or indirectly. Tell me, how many Republican presidents do you know who are friends with domestic terrorists? How many Republican presidents do you know who have pardoned terrorists? including terrorists who attacked the Capitol building. I know of none. None. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of Liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is, Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty Since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. It's time to speak up and speak out, folks. I see what's going on, and I think you do too. Let's focus on domestic terrorism. 
The only times the Democrats focus on domestic terrorism is when they're handing out pardons. That's the only time. And I want to explain that further with the FALN case a little bit later. But I also want to point out to you that the new left, and this is what we call these terrorists from the late 50s, 60s, and early 70s, the new left, and critical race theoreticians, they both, they both embraced the writings and the teachings of the same man. Of the same man. They both embraced the writings and the teachings of the same man. I found out when I researched this. And again, I discuss it in American Marxism. Herbert Marcuse. The New Left put out a statement, too. They always put out their manifestos. It was largely incoherent and rambling, but nonetheless, you could pick up kernels of where they were coming from. And it was Marcuse. And they credited Marcuse. He became a bit of a hero. One of his books became one of their little red books that they would carry around with them. He, among others, is the same crackpot, Marxist, who pushed critical theory, which expanded into critical race theory and so forth, which we'll discuss more later. And so they promote violent, violent, usurpation of the existing society as Marx did. And so when we hear the Attorney General of the United States talk about white supremacy without giving us exactly who is he talking about, that tells you he's not focused. Now I told you about one of these Marxist professors. Her name is Anyan. And she was a bit of an iconic figure, A-N-Y-O-N. And she said, and I write in American Marxism, in addition to extending Marxist theory, new conditions require an extension of our practice. Critical pedagogy is an enduring, important form of neo-Marxist practice for education at all levels. In order to make this practice more effective in encouraging political participation by young people in struggles for social justice. We need to move our work beyond the classroom walls and into the worlds in which low-income black Latino immigrant students live. We can involve our students in contestation, contests in public places, public struggles over rights and justice and opportunity. She's not alone. And she and others actually preached outright riots and violence as you were paying their salaries as they are tenured professors. More when I return. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of Liberty. 
Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is, Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty Since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. So Anyan was no mere academic, like so many in her profession. She urged, as does Mark, chart-changing the society, charging the civil society's ramparts. I want you to listen because you can hear this language from Kamala Harris and throughout the Democrat Party in the media. Quote, quote, re-imaging economic change. Did not Kamala Harris say that twice or three times the other day, Mr. Producer? Quote, re-imaging economic change in institutions as potential oppositional does not by itself bring social justice as potentially oppositional. A developing critical consciousness in people through information, readings, and discussion does not by itself induce them to participate in transgressive politics, although it provides a critical basis for understanding. To activate people to create or join public contentions, it is important to actually involve them in protest activity of some kind. She said shifts in political identity do not so much motivate contentious political action as develop a logical consequence of it. One develops a political identity and commitment and change in consciousness from joining demonstrations, marching, singing, joining the activities of social justice organizations. Participation creates individual participants. It also leads to groups developing their own collective identity as social change agents. I get into this very, very deeply because there's a lot of professors spewing a lot of pablum into the minds of our children and grandchildren. But the point here is, when you look at the new left, the Weather Underground, Students for Democratic Action, when you look at Black Lives Matter again, students leading the effort, when you look at Antifa again, students leading the effort, what I try and lay out in this chapter, thoroughly and comprehensively and substantively, is what's going on in these institutions so we can devise uh, plans, some of which I will propose to you, on how to confront this. Because we're paying for this. We're paying for this. And one of the ways we must is to know who the enemy is. In this case, who the enemies are. Because their teachings have now Well, for the left, it's like the Wuhan virus, you know, it jumped from a bat to a human being. Well, this has jumped from colleges to the rest of society. May I say it that way? I think I will. And these professors are the insurrectionists. They are the saboteurs. And they have their mouthpieces in the media, many of whom are also insurrectionists and saboteurs. And when I listened to Merrick Garland's speech yesterday, you know what I thought to myself, Mr. Producer? I'm being absolutely God's honest truth with you and the entire audience. I haven't even said this to my family yet. These bastards are going to throw me into that category that they say are dangerous, aren't they? 
because I've written a book called American Marxism. Well, come what may, we press the cause of liberty. And there is power in numbers. And the more of you who are informed, apart from the superficial on the internet and a couple of articles here and there, really thoroughly, completely informed, or at least in a very significant way, the more we will be able to defend this society. That is the entire purpose of American Marxism. Now, I looked at at, uh, Amazon.com. We're number 15 on Amazon.com. We've got comic books. We've got fiction. We've got other stuff there. I understand. But I do want to encourage as many of you as possible to really inform yourselves on this stuff, to be ready and have your kids ready. My neighbor, I think I told you, his kid's going to college, and we had a chat, and he's talking about trying to figure out how to best inform him and get him ready. And I said, I'm going to give you a copy of this book once, once I get it. And I would encourage you to have your son read it this summer before he goes off to or wherever it is, LSU, I think. I, th- I feel strongly the same way. This isn't a Mark movement. Any more than the Tea Party was a Mark movement or the Reagan Revolution's a Mark movement or so forth. I'm a participant. But we don't have a movement yet to address this. We have brave and courageous parents, brave and courageous people in different walks of life taking this on in their own communities that is so crucially important. But we don't have a movement yet. We need you. You have got to be the generals in this movement. We don't want to overthrow our government. We love our system, our constitution, and the way it's set up. We're not violent. We're law-abiding, civil, tax-paying American citizens. We're the opposite of what they say. We're not all white. It's not just white people who love this country. It's not just white people who are police officers. It's not just white people who fight in the military. It's not just white people who benefit from this country. That narrative is bogus. It's BS. It serves the Marxist left. It serves the attorney general. But it's a lie. It's a flat-out lie. And so that's the effort here. That's the goal here. We don't have long to wait now. I hope. It's the... the, uh, What are they called? The silence before the dawn. The darkness before the dawn. I'll put it this way. The quiet before the dawn. The quiet before the dawn. I had a friend of mine, a fairly famous friend of mine, he, he wants to write a book. And he's written a book before, he's a brilliant, brilliant man. And he said to me, I wonder if I should hire a researcher. Do you hire a researcher? I said, no, I've never had a researcher. 
He said, well, that must take a very, very long time to get your information, to go through it, cull over it, vet it, make sure it's right. But I said, yes, it takes a very, very, very long time. Every weekend, every night till one in the morning, every morning till about five or six in the morning on, that's what you have to do if it's actually your book. I don't have researchers. So these are very heavy loads that I carry when I write something like this. I'm not asking you to pat me on the head. I'm telling you when you read this, you'll know where it came from. You'll know the sources. You'll know they're backed up. You'll have the end notes. You'll have my interpretation and explanation. And that's pretty much the best I can do. Pretty much the best I can do. Maybe I should write fiction in the future. What do you think, Mr. Producer? Maybe it's, apparently it's easier. I don't know that I can write fiction, but I'd love to write you know, about battles and spies and all the rest of it. But the problem is, if I were to do something like that, I feel like I am, I am wasting time. I have got to focus things. And it's not an ego thing with me, but many of the things that I say behind this microphone take hold in parts of this society or take hold in parts of the conservative movement. Whether it was March 2017, and I explained that they've been spying on President Trump and his campaign. You all remember all the crap we took for that. Whether it's pushing the idea of sanctuary Second Amendment cities and states. Whether it's explaining that the federal constitution authorizes state legislatures to make changes to laws, not judges, not attorneys general, not governors, not bureaucrats. I can remember when we fought the so-called comprehensive immigration reform that George Bush was pushing. When so many others in this business said they're not activists. I said, like hell, I am. Remember that, Mr. Producer? That's a long time ago. Or the Tea Party movement. So many things that we've been in together, so many things that we've witnessed together. And yet here we are today, looking into the abyss. But I have no intention of jumping in, do you? And I have no intention of being pushed in, do you? No. No, so it's time for pushback. It's time to show our strength. And that's why I go through this. That's why I do it. And you know, Lou Gehrig said he's the luckiest man on earth. I'm the luckiest man on earth right now. Literally. Because I know how millions and millions of you think. You're working all day, or you're retired, and you're wondering what's going on with your country. You served in the military, you're a cop, or whatever. I know what you're thinking. What the hell is going on and what the hell can I do about it? That's what my dad and mom would say. I know who you are, my precious audience. I know what's going through your minds. Because if I wasn't behind this microphone, it'd be going through my mind too. 
And I think that's why we have the connection that we do. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of Liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is, Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty Since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You know, one of the few people who've read this book, because that's their job in the publishing house, said... It has changed the way they look at the world. It's changed the way they look at education and politics. And it needs to. Because if we think that using the typical political tools and strategies are going to be effective, then we're doomed. And I'm glad this particular person said that to me because that's the point. You know, unemployment has fallen. Inflation is on an upswing and more Americans are getting vaccinated. There's a lot of talk about what happened with Vladimir Putin today and the irony is we don't know a lot about what took place, do we, ladies and gentlemen? Vladimir seems pretty happy. That's always problematic. And Biden seems pretty happy just because he can't wipe that stupid look off his face. But one of the things Biden told him is, here's 16 or 17 targets that you're not to hit with your cyber warfare. Now, how stupid is that? What about target 18, 19, 20, and 21? Are they okay? And why are you telling him what the hot targets are anyway? So he can prepare if, there's, if there is a real attack to hit the top 16 or 17? I mean, who thinks like this but an idiot? So the appeasement European heads, they're very happy with Biden. Putin's very happy with Biden. If you're representing and defending the United States of America, why are they all so happy? What is he telling them that we don't know? The Palestinian terrorists are happy. The communist Chinese are openly, it's superficially annoyed, but they're very happy too, quite frankly. The only people aren't happy, us. You know, the white supremacists in the country. I mean, Putin's killing people, and he's getting along with Putin. Xi has a whole genocide, uh, uh, you know, project going on where he's killing Uyghurs. 
but we got to get along with him. But you and me, we're the greatest threat the nation faces. Why? Because we object to what Joe Biden wants to do? Because we embrace the Constitution? Because we don't buy American Marxism? We're the greatest threat? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. And by the way, quickly, the FALN was a bunch of Puerto Rican separatist terrorists. Very, very violent. They used kidnappings, arson, over 100 bombings. And uh, they had uh, incredibly violent activities that took place. 18 of them, 17 of them were pardoned by Bill Clinton. The, The leader was not remorseful about what he did in New York or anywhere else. All the mayhem and death and so Obama pardoned him anyway when he came into office. So now uh, now they want to give uh, gold medals out to cops, you see. You believe this? I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello America, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. On the world stage, what a frightening, embarrassing situation for we the people. There is a CNN reporter, a reprobate by the name of Caitlin Collins. She used to write for a conservative site, but she obviously found fame at CNN, where if you care about ratings, you do not go there. Anyway, there she is. Real-time, big-time reporter that nobody's ever heard of. And she actually asked Biden a question, and Biden got upset. Because Biden's used to having, you know, wet kisses blown in his direction. Let's listen to this, shall we? In Switzerland, after his press conference today. Everybody's, Mark, listen to his press conference. No, I'm not. We'll get the clips. I can't stand it. Cut one, go. Why are you so confident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President? In other words, why is he so confident that is Biden that Putin will change his behavior? Go ahead. I said, what will change their behavior is that the rest of the world reacts to them and it diminishes their standing in the world. I'm not confident of anything. I'm just stating the fact. But given his past behavior has not changed, and in that press conference after sitting down with you for several hours, he denied any involvement in cyber attacks, he downplayed human rights abuses, he even refused to say Alexei Navalny's name. So how does that account to a constructive meeting as president? President Putin, President. You don't understand that. Wow. What a vicious question, huh, Mr. Producer? Wow. See, Biden's a lightweight in so many ways. Trump is a heavyweight. Trump would duke it out with these reporters. Biden is very thin-skinned. He can dish it out, but he can't take it. You know, 
her questions were quite legitimate, actually. And all Biden had to say is give some kind of a rational response. Say, look, you know, they got a lot of nuclear weapons. I got to deal with this guy. Uh, I got to take him as he is. Um, I I didn't say that we were going to become best friends. You know, something like that. But he can't even do that. He can't even do that. Very thin-skinned. Then he he circles back, kind of. Again, uh, here's Biden with uh, Caitlin Collins. Cut, and now they're at the uh, airport a little bit later. Cut to go. Caitlin's question that you answered at the very end there that you came over to talk about. The, 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 I think at the heart of it was this question of whether or not you seem overly optimistic given that what we all listen to, President Putin, essentially say the same old things that he said So what this reporter is doing, whomever it is, is trying to interpret or reinterpret what his good friend Caitlin Collins, another reporter, had to say, and trying to put it in a way that won't offend Biden, you see. Try to put it in a way that won't offend Biden. What she's trying to say is that Putin is saying the same old things, you know, and that sort of thing. So how are you going to deal with that? Go ahead responsibility for all that stuff and i guess the question that she was trying to get and maybe you can take another stab at it is what concrete evidence do you have from these three or hour, three plus hours that, that suggests that any movement has been made and i don't know i don't i don't mean that no no no, 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 no i know but you're, you're all question. look to be a good reporter you got to be negative you got to have a negative view of life oh gee unlike you right joey Unlike your party, unlike the people who support your party, like BLM and Antifa and the media. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. To me, the way you all, you never ask a positive question. Why, in fact, having agreement, we'll find out. We have an agreement to work on a major arms control agreement. I started working on arms control agreements back all the way during the Cold War. Yeah, and you're a lousy. Took Reagan to defeat the Soviet Union. You're a sellout. You're a buffoon. Go ahead. One in the Cold War, why couldn't we do one now? We'll see. We will see whether or not it happens. But what do you, I mean, the thing that always amazes me about the questions, and I apologize for having been short on this before. If you were in my position, would you say, well, I don't think, man, anything's going to happen. It's going to be really rough. I think it's going to really be bad. You guarantee nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Well, better nothing happen with you than you give the... Uh... You give everything away, because that's the problem with you. It's the problem with them. Now, Peter Ducey has a question. Cut four, go. In the spirit, Mr. President, of uh, you saying that there is no substitute for face-to-face dialogue, and also with what you said at NATO, that the biggest problems right now are Russia and China. Uh, You've spoken many times about how you've spent perhaps more time with President Xi than any other world leader. So is there going to become a time where you might call him, old friend to old friend, and ask him to open up China to the World Health Organization investigators who are trying to get to the bottom of COVID-19? Let's get something straight. We know each other well. We're not old friends. It's just pure business. So I guess my question would be, uh, you've said that you were going to press China. You signed on to the G7 communique that said you, the G7 were calling on China to open up 
to let the investigators in. But China basically says they don't want to be interfered with anymore. So what happens now? The impact, the world's attitude toward China as it develops. China's trying very hard to project itself as a responsible and a very, very forthcoming nation. That they are trying very hard to talk about how they're taking and helping the world in terms of COVID-19 and vaccines. All right, he's not going to do anything. It's all talk, no action. He's not going to do anything. So I won't waste your time with the rest of the clip. Now, this goes on. I hate to drag you through this, but I do want to address some of these things. He's in Geneva, Switzerland. He's at his press conference. And Yamichi Alcindor, who is a big wing now at the uh, pubic broadcasting system, uh, she is a complete left-wing hack, and hence she got a promotion. Cut five, go. When President Putin was questioned today about human rights, he said the reason why he's cracking down on opposition leaders um, is because he doesn't want something like January 6th to happen in Russia. And he also said that he doesn't want to see groups formed like Black Lives Matter. What's your response to that, please? (laughs) My response is kind of what I communicated. But I think that's that's a ridiculous comparison. It's one thing for literally criminals to break through cordon go into the Capitol, kill a police officer. I'd stop. Literally, criminals didn't break through a cordon, go into the Capitol, and kill a police officer. No police officer was killed. A protester was killed. The police officer's name is unknown. Because Biden and the Attorney General do not want to release the police officer's name. In a free society. Can you imagine that? If somebody from Black Lives Matter was shot at the Portland Courthouse and died, and they were unarmed and they weren't acting violently, that the police officer would be his name concealed or her name? They wouldn't be known. Can you imagine that? What would the press be saying? But Biden is lying here. None of these protesters, even the ones that broke into the Capitol building, killed anybody. They didn't kill anybody. And but they have to lie. And that's why Putin and others pick up on this stuff and throw it back at us. They throw our own lies back at us in order to defend their own conduct. Go ahead and be held unaccountable and it is for people objecting and marching on account. Well you just said literally criminals breaking through the cordon and then you said we need to hold people accountable. So people are to be held accountable either need a trial or to be pled, one or the other. Go ahead. You are not allowing me to speak freely. You are not allowing me to do A, B, C or D. And so they're very different criteria. See, the better question, but you would never get it out of her, is do you understand that Vladimir Putin is using your propaganda, Mr. President, the propaganda of your party against you? And how that has consequences for our own country? No, she's not going to ask that. Joe Biden, who is an expert on the Declaration of Independence, we know that from the past, 
you know, the thing? Well, he kind of does it again. Cut six, go. Made it clear to President Putin that we'll continue to raise issues of fundamental human rights because that's what we are. That's who we are. The idea is we hold these truths self-evident that all men and women, we haven't lived up to it completely, but we've always widened the, the arc of commitment and included more and more people. Um, what? First of all, Yes, he screws up the Declaration of Independence. There's certainly no question about that. <clears throat> but even more, he says here, we've always widened the arc of commitment, included more and more people. That's not what he said a couple of weeks ago. It's not what he said a couple of weeks ago. But this one's worth playing one more time. Cut six, go. Made it clear to President Putin. And we'll continue to raise issues of fundamental human rights because that's what we are. That's who we are. The idea is we hold these truths self-evident that all men and women, we haven't lived up to the First of all, why are you even delineating men and women? Don't you know your own top OMB budget person said we don't do that anymore? It's birthing people and non-birthing people, you dimwit. Get it straight. We want to be inclusive, not exclusive. Now, we heard from Biden. I'm not sure what country he represents, quite frankly. And when we come back, we'll hit a little from Putin. We know what he represents. And I will be right back. Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Biden and the Attorney General want you to report on your neighbors to the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Oh, yeah. If you think your neighbors are radical, I want you to think about what's going on here. The Attorney General of the United States yesterday gave a speech to the Department of Justice employees covered by the media. They told the media this would be a big speech focusing on domestic terrorism, in particular, white supremacy. I thought to myself, I guess he missed all last summer. That wasn't white lives matter out there. It was a Marxist organization using race as a front 
to try and destroy our country, undermining law enforcement, celebrated by his party. Incredible, isn't it? Here's Putin at a press conference today, I touched on this, about January 6th. Cut seven, go. You didn't answer my question, sir. If all of your political opponents are dead in prison, poison, doesn't that send a message that you do not want a fair political fight? Well, listen to this question. You know, you're killing and poisoning and imprisoning your opponents. Obviously, doesn't that send a message you don't want a fair political fight? A message, Mr. Producer? I think it's clear he doesn't want a fair political fight. I think it's clear he wants to destroy any opposition. Anyway, what does Putin say? Well, on the question of who is murdering whom, um, people rioted and went into the Congress in the U.S. with political demands. And many people were uh, declared as criminals, and uh, they are uh, threatened with imprisonment from 20 to 25 years. Look how carefully he follows our media, by the way. Go ahead. And these people were immediately arrested after those events. On on what grounds, we don't know, always. The states didn't actually inform us about that. One of the uh, participants uh, were just shot on the spot and unarmed as well. Many countries are going through exactly what we're going through. Let me just repeat. We sympathize with what was happening in the States, but we do not wish uh, that to happen in Russia. Hmm. Very clever. There's more. Cut eight. Go. Look at the streets of America. Every single day there are shootings and killings. You, you don't have time to open your mouth and you're shot dead. Or you remember the man who um, shot the woman in, in, in the back or who drove his car over her. No, look how he's following all this stuff. Go ahead. And then there was that shooting at the wedding. Let's say it was an error, because that happens too. But shooting helicopters uh, in, of civilians in Iraq, what was that about? Doesn't it sound like the leftists in our own country, Mr. Producer? Go ahead. Who are the murderers there? And on human rights. Listen to me. What about Guantanamo? It's still working. And it doesn't come under any kind of law. International, American, nothing. But it still exists. CI prisons, which were opened in lots of states, uh, which uh, excise uh, torture. Is that human rights? He sounds like AOC and Talib and Omar. And Presley. And Bush. In other words, he sounds like the Marxists in our own country, does he not? Yes, he does. Because they like him more than they like us. And they're more like him than they are like us. They're into these uh, cults of personality, may I say. And now Putin... And Biden are best buddies. 
Biden calls him a killer. Now they're best buddies. So what will the uh, morning schmo and Mrs. Schmo have to say about that? That Biden has his head way up Putin's you-know-what? No, of course won't. They're going to say, now we have mature, consistent, temperate president and an outstanding foreign policy. You know, I remember when Reagan went up against the Soviet Union and he demanded the release of human rights activists that were in prison there. Natan Sharansky wrote about it extensively. Uh, he didn't say, oh, we had a good meeting, everything went well. And so, of course, he was really close to defeating that, that country economically and otherwise. But he was straight up front. He was very tough about who they were and what he demanded from them. You listen to this guy, Biden. You know Putin's walking all over him. He's got his pipeline. What else does he want? He'll get it. I'll be back. Again, people are asking, so I will tell you. I'm going to do a full-hour interview on the Sean Hannity Show on American Marxism uh, right near the release. And then on one of my Sunday shows, we're going to have Pete Hegseth interview me, as he, as he did, a, what, two years ago, about the book as well. So I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, we believe there'll be a lot more opportunities as well out there. So we're going to gin up support for this movement. And most of all, you're going to help with your neighbors and your friends and your family members. And you know what? We're going to enjoy kicking some butt. Don't you think, Mr. Producer? Not, not violence, not physical. We don't do that. They do that. But we're going to have a lot of victories. I'm confident of it. Let us go to um, Jason, Little Rock, Arkansas, on the Mark Levin app. Jason, how are you, sir? Hey, doing well, Mr. Mark. You doing okay? Doing okay, thank you. Mr. What's Mark, cooking? I got a question for you. Yeah. So, I've, I've seen several clips, heard several clips of our president of the United States from the G7 summit. And what I see in here, Mr. Mark, is a babbling, incoherent, geriatric dementia patient who's being ushered around by aides, you know, stumbling into a cafeteria, incoherently being ushered out of there. It's thoroughly embarrassing as a blue-collar American. Okay, Mr. Mark? I think you're very close to the mark. I really do. And uh, this is more about trying to show that Joe Biden is competent enough to walk from place to place and speak from country to country. And I don't know what the hell we've gotten out of this. I don't think we've gotten anything out of this. I'm concerned maybe we lost something out of this, but we just don't know. But I don't even know what the purpose of this this has been. Do you? No, sir. My question is, how many people that were, you know, closer to the middle or on the fence, you know, that maybe had had watched that first debate last year where it was basically just a, a mess, okay? And, and Trump's side was a mess, too, in that first debate. How many people that voted for Biden because of those things and the tweets, in your opinion, Mr. Mark, have buyer's remorse, severe buyer's remorse today? And just- I, don't, I don't think enough of them do. I'll tell you when I think they will. When the Biden economic disastrous plan kicks in, 
Inflation is taking a hold. I've been talking about this now for almost two months. I saw the early indicators, and I tracked this sort of thing for my own life, my own uh, situation. And you could start to see telltale signs very quickly. And then they keep down, doubling down, doubling down, doubling down. And what this told me when he met with these left-wing historians is he's not interested in actual outcomes. He's not interested in real statistics and analysis. He's not interested in economics. He's interested in his own uh, legacy. And so that is a very dangerous man. And that's what we have, a man who will do anything for his legacy. He says the damnable, most stupid things. And then he takes credit for things he has no reason to take credit for and then tries to, to, to sort of slough, slough off uh, uh, discredit that he deserves you know, to Trump and so forth on things that he's done wrong. I think uh, the worst is yet to come. I think it's going to be very painful for so many of us. It's one thing to say we told you so, but it's another thing to have to live through it. We're going to live through a very significant inflationary period, and people are going to be very, very badly hurt. And if that doesn't throw him and the rest of the buffoons out of office, I don't know what will, Jason. Look at the price of gasoline already. It's almost doubled from last year. Have you noticed that? Mr. Mark, I own my own trucking business. And, I mean, we're paying through the nose for diesel right now, three three thirty, three fifty a gallon. Mm-hmm. And that's bottom line margin dollars out of, out of our pocket. I remember the gas I was paying for last year was like a, a buck eighty, rounding it off or something. I'm paying a uh, three sixty something now. So this it's it's already here. It's already happening. This affects guys like you and other businesses that are directly in line when it comes to fuel immediately. But it also affects everyone down the line on food prices, packaging prices, every price. And at the same time, he's doing this to our our currency. He's going to uh, actually reverse course so that we're not energy independent. I call this, and I called it the other day, I was coining a phrase. I said he's turning us into an uh, a, a uh, undeveloped country. In other words, they talk about developed countries and undeveloped countries. He's undeveloping us. He's systematically undeveloping us because we talk a lot about critical race theory We talk a lot about these issues. We don't talk enough about what he's doing to us economically, which is a huge section in the book, too. And I want to talk about it a lot on the air, too, because this is going to affect everybody directly. All right, Jason, hang in there, buddy, and God bless you. Great call. Let us continue. Let us go to Kyle, Green Bay, Wisconsin, the great WTAQ. Yes, Kyle, how are you? By the way, Kyle, uh, what's going on with uh, your football team and Rodgers? I'm not following all this very closely. What, what's the issue there? I I don't I, I don't affiliate with the Packers. And they nope. No, he doesn't want to be there anymore, or something like that. I guess. Yeah, it's it's we have more important things in the country. Oh, I than agree with you. It's all these little uh, all these tough guys. In the end, they are kind of sissified, if you know what I mean. Anyway, go right ahead. Well, you know, corrupt gov- governments, uh, you were speaking about handing out medals earlier, and corrupt governments always tried to hide their agenda or their flaws in the garb of patriotism uh, with a medal. And I just wanted to bring up the massacre of Wounded Knee, where they handed out 21 congressional medals of honor with that slaughter to kind of hide what they did. 
And that's what they, they're doing right now for the police on, on January 6th. Good job, good job. Nothing to see here. Why is it that these police are good police, but police everywhere else are bad police? Can you explain that to me? Uh, I don't have the mental capability <laughs> to, to, to even try to go into that twilight zone. Yeah, I get, I, I get it. So law enforcement, they're stormtroopers if, if they're defending a courthouse, but they should get medals if they're defending the Capitol building. And I began the program by trying to give a historic perspective, which the media will not give, and nobody else will give, to demonstrate that this was not an insurrection. You want to talk about violence, shootings in the Capitol, bombings in the Capitol. I'm not saying there wasn't violence associated with this, but it was nothing close to what we've seen in the past. And all that said, it's not an excuse. The problem is the exploitation by the left, the exploitation by the Attorney General of the United States, and the exploitation by the media. And there are people today, as we speak, sitting in jails, in solitary confinement, whose families are saying that they're being poorly fed and poorly treated, And we had terrorists in Guantanamo Bay, and we had hearings and concerns about how they were being treated in civil rights groups and advocacy groups. We have nothing, nothing now going on with these American citizens. It's disgusting. So you're right. Hand out the shiny objects while we ignore what's going on in the jail there. Good call, Kyle. Thank you. We'll be right back. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Well, Senator Tim Kaine was very impressed with his man Joe Biden and, and Putin, and he doesn't have the foggiest idea what the hell's going on either. But that doesn't matter. He's Tim Kaine. And Tim Kaine has both feet firmly planted in the air. Cut 10, go. Well, on, on the uh, Republican critique, I'm glad we finally got uh, uh, a president who doesn't cozy up to the dictator, Vladimir Putin. Now, how stupid is this? Trump cozied up to Putin. Tell me whose punishment, whose restrictions has Joe Biden lifted? Cozied up? Joe Biden just gave him the pipeline that Donald Trump took away. But it doesn't matter. If you're a Democrat, you can say any asinine, moronic thing you want. You'll never be challenged. 
Because it's just assumed you're asinine and moronic, just like the media. And that's fine by them. Now, he's asked about Biden, and he attacks Trump. Go ahead. Under Donald Trump, he would cozy up to Putin and pour cold water on our European allies. No, he didn't, idiot. He got the European allies to finally pay what they're supposed to pay for their own defense. That's what he did. And as far as Vladimir Putin was concerned, Putin was hurting under Trump. Putin wanted wanted Biden to win, as did the genocidal communist regime in China, as does the Islamo-Nazi regime and did in Tehran, as do the Palestinian terrorists, as does every genocidal maniac running every country in the world, rooting for Biden. Because he's a sellout, he's a pushover, he's a appeaser, he's all those things. Go ahead. Joe Biden rightly is reversing that. Reversing what, you idiot? What did he reverse? What did he do? He reversed, he gives them the pipeline. He's about to give the Iranians hundreds of billions of dollars in their nuclear warheads as a result. What is he, what is he doing that's good? Nothing. Go ahead. European allies. We're linking and- arms with our European allies. That's what this idiot thinks is so important. He's a former Peace Corps volunteer. You know, I remember when I was in uh, Never Never Land there, and yes, we used to link arms. I'll tell you what. Sit around the fire was the most unbelievable. This isn't that, you moron. Go ahead. He is expressing the right level of skepticism about Putin as an individual. Now, Tim Kaine has no idea what took place. Nothing profound, apparently. And yet they're praising Biden. They're praising Biden. I think they're praising Biden because he actually showed up at the meeting, Mr. Producer, with his pants on. That's a big deal. We saw the other day, he was kind of shuffling around. He was shuffled into the wrong cafeteria or lunch area. You saw that. We talked about that, right, Rich? And along comes birthing person, Dr. Jill. Dr. Jill, his birthing person, and she grabs him like she's a UFC fighter, yanks his ass, and moves him to another location. Oh, yes. We all saw that, did we not? Our first birthing person. It's unbelievable. Uh, No, actually, yeah, she's the first birthing person. Yes, she is. Let us go to Jay Marion, Ohio, on the Mark Levin app. Jay, go right ahead, please. Oh, hi, Mark. Yes, sir. Hey, Mark, I usually usually, uh, listen to you on the podcast, but tonight I'm listening to you on the Listen Live link on your uh, audio rewind page. Isn't that great, that page? Yes, it is. And if you had a ghetto cam, I'd be able to probably look at you (laughs) while I'm you. But but then I wouldn't be able to eat, you know, raisinets or something like that, because then my wife would catch me. But anyway, go right ahead. Hey, Mark, the reason I called in is I heard the comments you made about uh, Biden and the way he answered the reporter. And I've been thinking about this for a while and things I've observed with the Democrats. And I'm waiting. I've ordered uh, actually your book on all of the formats. Thank you. Uh, the hardcover, the um, the audio book and the, and the e-book. Mm-hmm. 
And I'd make a suggestion to everyone in advance that reads that book and tries to implement your tactics, and that is uh, like an add-on to everything we do out of your book, and that is keep up the pressure. Amen. Uh, Amen. What you've said, what you've said these past nights is we have to use their tactics against them, and that happens to be rule number nine in the rules for radicals. No, oh, yes, it but is. The real reason I su- yeah, and the real reason I suggest it is that they cannot take it. Mm-hmm. That is one of their weaknesses. So if we really keep up the pressure, they crack. And you see it with Kamala Harris and what happened with Lester Holt. You see it with George Biden and what happened just just a little bit of pressure is put on them. And in the past, I saw it with Nancy Pelosi being asked about her uh, uh, corrupt dealings over the visa legislation. Mm-hmm. So, and visa, you mean credit cards. I just want everybody to know. Yep. Yeah, the credit cards. Uh, and uh, one reporter, incredibly, from CNN, pushed her on it, and she just walked off the stage and said, Jay, I, I'm excited. I'm ready to roll. You're ready to roll. Millions of listeners are ready to go. Uh, many of them already are, but we're gonna we're gonna try and uh, do this in a uh, in a big big way. If we fail, we fail, but at least we tried. And uh, during the break, you can head over to Amazon if you wish. And I will be back in about five minutes. See you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. This program goes too fast. Our number is 877-381-3811. 3-8-1-3-8-1-1. Now you think you might know about Solinsky, and you probably know a lot about Solinsky, but there's a lot more to know about Solinsky. He didn't write just one book, you know. I talked about the time I found Rules for Radicals and made it famous on my radio show. Most people never heard of Solinsky, and they never heard of Rules for Radicals. I was a very young man. I was 22 years old. Just joined the Reagan administration. I was 23. I don't remember. And uh, I began an agency called the Action Agency, which no longer exists. And it was run by a great patriot by the name of Tom Parkin out of Dallas, Texas. Long story short, I was his... I don't know, chief of staff, executive assistant, whatever you want to call it. And I was the first one in the building during the transition. And ironically enough, it was a building right off Lafayette Square. It doesn't exist anymore. They knocked it down and built a new building. Just as well, there were a lot of cockroaches there. 
in all forms. So I'm going through various data and statistics and looking at computers such as they were back then. But anyway, then I come across these big boxes. I mean, they were big. And they had thousands of copies of this red and white paperback book called Rules for Radicals by Saul Linsky. And I'm relatively intelligent. I'm in there and I said, what the hell is this? I know Linsky was a communist. I didn't know much else about him. Excuse me, community activist out of Chicago. And I found these boxes in the Vista office. Volunteers in Service to America. Remember that part of the Great Society? And as I looked more and more into it and spoke to various people, I found out that you, the taxpayer, were paying enormous sums of money to purchase this paperback book and circulate it in mass in our inner cities. I said, well, this sure as hell explains things. In Philadelphia, where I am mostly familiar, there was the Street Brothers... That was their name. And uh, very radical. And in some ways very violent. But anyway, uh, they would go to council meetings and they would turn over tables and they would disrupt stuff. And I'm reading this book, Rules for Radicals. I'm saying, well, no wonder. We're using this Volunteers in Service to America program, which sounds so cool, to spread this this, this, this propaganda, this indoctrination on the taxpayer dime. And so when I first came on radio almost 20 years ago, I, I told this story several times. I talked about Alinsky. I talked about rules for radicals. I've almost memorized the damn thing. It's not the best written book, but it is what it is. And among other things, Alinsky, he, he not only talks about the the various rules that people want to point out. One of the overarching points he makes is it's important for the street activist, the radical, to, if not become part of the so-called status quo middle class, to appear to become part of the status quo and the middle class and to try and destroy it from within. Because you'll be much more accepted that way. And if they call you a Marxist or whatever, you can just say, what are you talking about? I'm just a regular middle class working stiff like everybody else. When in fact, what you've done effectively is infiltrated that, that group. Now, I don't believe in these groups, but that's how they designate us. And that was one of the important arguments he made. But he made several other arguments too that are very, very important that are relevant to our current period. Excuse me. Sneezing to the truth. And I'm trying to find where I just put this. Hold on one more second. Be quick. Excuse me. We have a cough button. I don't have a sneeze button. I guess it does the same thing. In part, here's what Alinsky says. A reformation means that masses of our people have reached the point of disillusionment with past ways and values. They don't know what will work, but they do know that the prevailing system is self-defeating, frustrating, and hopeless. So the goal is to dispirit. 
undermine the public's trust. So you see it with critical race theory, you see with all these other theories. But that's the goal. He said they don't act for change, but won't strongly oppose those who do. In other words, they'll acquiesce to what's going on. The time is then ripe for revolution. Remember, he said, once you organize people around something as commonly agreed upon as pollution, as an example, then an organized people are on the move. From there, it's a short and natural step to political pollution, to Pentagon pollution, to revolution. Now, the media, I point out, have played a huge role in dispiriting the public and undermining American institutions. And by Alinsky's measure, the revolution is now upon us. Among other things, his tactics must now be deployed, and they include... This is a rule you're all familiar with. Picking the target, freezing it, personalizing it, and polarizing it. So it could be the Trump, could be Trump supporters, could be the police. Alensky continued, in conflict tactics, there are certain rules that the organizer should always regard as, universal, as universals. One is that the opposition must be singled out as the target and frozen. Obviously, there's no point to tactics unless one has a target upon which to center the attacks. With this focus comes a polarization. And we have indicated before all issues must be polarized as action is to follow. That's Marx. Oppressed and oppressor. This class and that class, bourgeois and uh, proletariat. There must be classes. And so... Again, all of these tactics, all of these writings, all of these models are upon us right now. They're all upon us. And to defeat them, we need to understand them, which we do and which we will. Now, you know, it was fascinating writing this book. Certain things I already knew, many things I didn't know. At times it was very depressing. Until I got to the last chapter and said, all right, now what are we going to do about this? I get very excited when I see a citizen speak up at a school board meeting. Very, very excited about that. And we need to have a lot more of that, of course. But we have to figure out what to do about our universities and colleges, which we're going to do. We have to figure out what we're going to do about our public schools, particularly where we have these school boards. What are we going to do about the war on your lifestyle, your private property rights, so-called the Green New Deal? And these are the things that we want to we want to deal with. Let's see. Uh, let us go to Frank, Little Falls, New Jersey, the great WABC. Hi, Frank. Mark, it is an absolute honor to talk to you. Thank you. Um. My reason why I called this evening, I listen to you every night. Um, this is the first time I'm calling. I'm a very frustrated uh, conservative. I'm a father of five. Um, both my wife and I work, and we want this, the, the freedoms that we grew up with. Uh, we want liberty. We want the things that every family has strived to, to, to attain and to keep. And 
the biggest problem that I've seen, especially this last year and a half, the media has become so controlling of information and censoring it that I can't even speak to another person about the things that Donald Trump accomplished while he was in office because they're oblivious to it. The media has played the biggest role, at least in my opinion, on the outcome of everything that has transpired in our country in the past year alone. And it's been, I mean... I think you can look at two things before we run out of time. The media and education. These are two of the key areas. Uh, They have devoured them. They've controlled them for a very long time. Now they're completely out of the closet. Uh, In many ways, that's helpful so we can deal with it. You will not see a difference between the vast majority, the overwhelming majority of media platforms and outlets, the Democrat Party, and the Democrat Party and these offshoots of Marxism. That's a fact. And we're going to have to explain it. We're going to have to get it. I'm going to be all over TV and radio explaining on different stations and so forth that we have to call it what it is. We have to explain what it's doing. We have to have the courage to do that. We have to talk to our neighbors and our friends and so forth, and they're concrete things we're going to have to do. And we can do it without changing our lives in any significant way. And, uh, and I'm sure there are many ideas out there, like the one I heard last night about body camps for teachers. I adjusted it slightly, even though people may disagree with me, which is, okay, let's put cameras in the classroom. Let's find out what's going on in our classrooms. The government schools, they know. The administrators know what's going on. The school boards know what, what's going on. The principals know what's going on. The assistant to the assistant principals know what's going on. The teachers' unions know what's going on. The teachers know. Uh, we have to hear from little Johnny and little Sally if we're lucky. No. We pay for every damn thing in these institutions. We want to know what's going on. And uh, I thought that was a great idea, but we have other great ideas too. But what we, have to be, we have to have a platform in which to press them, organize around them, network them, and we'll get into all that, Frank. And, Frank, it's going to take you and everybody else. I'm telling you, it's not going to take an enormous amount of time, but we can do this. Thank you for your call, my friend. I'll be right back. Mark in. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Well, the number three Republican in the House, 
will be talking to us for the first time since she is the number three Republican in the House. Elise Stefanik, how are you? Great to be with you, Mark. Now, you notice I didn't call you a birthing person. You're a woman, right? I isn't, am. Isn't, isn't that the so, yes. You're a proud woman. Things are getting kind of sick, aren't they, Elise? I mean, honestly, birthing person, isn't that like a put-down of a woman as far as you're concerned? It is ridiculous, and actually we had Secretary Becerra, Secretary of HHS, testify today, and the Republicans hammered him on that issue uh, because I've heard from families in my district how absurd and, frankly, unscientific that term is, a birthing person taking place of a mother. I'm trying to figure out what men are going to be called. And I, I uh, my mind know. goes to places I shouldn't mention, but I'm, I'm just saying it's just weird. Anyway... There's so much weird that is going on, isn't it? I mean, like critical race theory. This is really, you know, teaching racism to kids of all backgrounds and colors in our classrooms and so forth. Did you ever think you'd see the day? I never thought I'd see the day, Mark, but the unraveling under President Obama, sorry, President Biden and um, Speaker Pelosi has been just destructive and so quick. Uh, Again, as someone who was very critical of President Obama, which is why I mentioned his name, this administration under President Biden is even further to the left. And the American people are waking up to it. In regards to critical race theory, you're seeing moms and dads stand up across this country in opposition to this brainwashing that the far left is pushing. This is not the Democratic Party of five and ten years ago. This is a radicalized socialist Democratic Party, and it's a crisis. America is facing a number of crises under Joe Biden's failed leadership. Speaking of crisis, look at the border. It's going on each and every day. Everybody's been down there except for Biden and Harris because they don't want a bad press event. You have uh, people on our side of the border who are suffering. You have people who are coming to the border who are suffering. You have God knows how many children who have been segregated out from their parents We don't know how many MS-13 are coming in, how many other criminals are coming in. Coyotes are making a fortune. And it's like nothing's going on. The media just sits back. The media does sit back. And what's interesting, Mark, is the Republicans are very unified in our message, really prosecuting the case against the Biden administration, how they've failed, their policies have failed, and they've created what is a border crisis. And it's not just a humanitarian crisis. This is a national security crisis, economic crisis, and a homeland security crisis. If you look at what's going on, our southern border, if you look at the numbers of illegal migrants who are trying to cross the border, It is skyrocketed. It is more at this point in this year than it was for the entirety of all of last year. And the numbers continue to go up. If you compare April to May, we're dealing with a 600 percent increase from Mm. those months the year before. And it's impacting every community, not just our southern border states, but every community in this country is impacted. For example, the amount of illegal fentanyl that is crossing our southern border, that is very much tied to drugs and our communities, overdoses our communities, and unfortunately, we're seeing those numbers pick back up. And President Biden owns this crisis. This is because of the policy decisions he has made, whether it was uh, his refusal to continue the construction of the border wall, 
uh, whether it was his uh, getting rid of the Remain in Mexico policy. And basically, they've embraced amnesty. And don't get me started on the quote-unquote border czar who has done everything except go to the southern border. She's gone to a bakery. She's gone to a yarn shop. She's gone to South America, but has yet to go to the southern border to see this crisis. And yet she's responsible. She was delegated by the president to address this. Republicans are going to continue to stand up, expose this crisis, but also put forth our solutions, which are securing the border, making sure we're a country that's based upon the rule of law, and making sure that the American people know what's happening there. What in the world did Joe Biden accomplish the last few days with uh, Putin? I don't even understand this whole event. Well, this has been, uh, unfortunately, President Biden asserting weakness on the world stage. Let's start with the G7. Uh, this is, I think it was a weak performance leading up to this very important summit with Vladimir Putin. Um, but he failed on a number of key issues when it came to our G7 allies. For example, um, I represent a district that's right along the northern border. And while President Biden loves keeping the southern border wide open, he continues to keep the northern border closed, which has a detrimental impact on our economy. That was one of the most important takeaways and issues he should have addressed with Prime Minister Trudeau. They failed to do that. They failed to deliver any results for the American people. When it comes to his sit-down today with Vladimir Putin, he ha- President Biden has already given away so many issues that benefit Russia and hurt America. For example, when it comes to the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, this was a top Russian priority in terms of Russian would energy you like to Would you like to hold over just a few minutes so we can uh, finish this point? Are you available? Y- yes, absolutely. We will be right back. That is Representative Elise Stefanik, number three Republican in the leadership in the House of Representatives. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Representative Elise Stefanik is the number three Republican in the uh, House, uh, having uh, defeated, I guess, Lynn Cheney, I believe that was her name. Just kidding. Liz Cheney, that's right. Uh, Elise Stefanik, uh, you were talking about the pipeline where Trump had cut it off, and Biden comes in again, apparently against the advice of his senior staff, and gives it back to the, to the Russians. Now, why would he do that? 
That's right. That was one of the many concessions that President Biden made even before he sat down with Vladimir Putin today. Uh, Again, it is just America last rather than America first. The fact that President Biden canceled the Keystone XL pipeline, but waived sanctions for a Russian pipeline uh, as Russia tries to pursue energy independence and energy leadership in Europe. Uh, So that was one concession. The second concession President Biden made even before they sat down uh, was there's been no consequences for the cyber attacks on the colonial pipeline, as well as our agricultural supply chain. Uh, those were done by cyber criminals, but backed by Russia. And uh, there was no uh, counteraction or no consequences from the United States. And then third, one of one of Putin's top priorities was a five-year extension to the New START Treaty, which deals with nuclear arsenals with the U.S. and Russia. And we know that Russia is investing in its nuclear modernization. Joe Biden gave that away to Putin beforehand. So uh, he came out of the meeting today with no wins for America. And again, Russia is testing him. Putin is testing him. And President Biden is failing that test and not showing American strength. I just want Americans to know that the Russian nuclear inventory, about 88% of it has been modernized, about none of ours has been modernized, and under the Biden proposed massive multi-trillion dollar, six trillion dollar budget, the defense budget really goes negative, because he doesn't even give enough of an increase to cover uh, existing expenses, correct? That is correct. Uh, President Biden's budget, which will bankrupt America, is actually a cut to our national defense uh, budget because it doesn't keep pace with inflation. This was a really big win that President Trump delivered. We were in the process of rebuilding our national defense, our military readiness. This is something that I work on on the House Armed Services Committee. And when it comes to nuclear modernization, uh, Democrats in Congress are very much opposed to making the critical investments we need when it comes to nuclear modernization, yet Adversaries like Russia, to your point, Mark, have made those investments. And Putin's top priority was to get that five-year extension for the New START Treaty. Biden gave it away without delivering anything back to the United States. And he does this all over the world. I mean, he's negotiating with the Iranian regime. He's going to get them hundreds of billions of dollars while they're going to build their nukes. He has opened up the money spigot to... uh, Palestinians, including including terrorist arms of the Palestinians. Uh, uh, and uh, they said, well, some of the money gets to Hamas and some terrorism. We really can't control that. And yet they, they accused Trump, the previous president, of, of, of kowtowing to dictators. I see it the other way around, don't you? I see it the other way around, too. I mean, President Trump asserted strength. It was peace through strength, and adversaries took President Trump's leadership seriously. Uh, they are not taking President Joe Biden seriously. They are assessing a weak president. And you know other countries that are watching this summit with Vladimir Putin? China. She is watching this, and this administration has been weak on holding the Communist Chinese Party accountable. And we need to not only address the origin of COVID, which Joe Biden and his administration have refused to do, but calling out the human rights abuses, as well as continuing to test in terms of some of the defense capabilities as China is making these strategic investments. So other adversaries were watching this meeting today between the United States and Russia. Let me ask you this. I'll keep uh, nudging on your time here. Politics. 
You know, you have these people running for office who pretend to be moderate Democrats. You got this guy, Josh uh, Goshheimer, whatever his name is. I'm familiar with him. He represents the district my mother-in-law's in. He goes back. He's sort of a moderate and so forth. It's not a moderate. Whenever Nancy Pelosi needs these people, they vote with her and for her. Are we going to be able to get that message across in some of these marginal districts, you think? We are going to get that message across because these members of Congress are taking votes and the Democratic caucus is voting unified with Nancy Pelosi, with AOC, with Ilhan Omar, with Rashida Tlaib, with the far left. And I think the biggest falsehood of the Biden campaign was that he made this promise to the American people that would he would be bipartisan. He said that in his inaugural address. We have seen absolutely no bipartisanship, whether it was the non-COVID relief package that was passed earlier this year. Remember, Republicans passed five bipartisan COVID relief packages with working with President Trump and Democrats. Those are bipartisan. What Pelosi has shoved through has not been. You're seeing this discussion on an infrastructure deal. That ultimately is going to be a partisan trillion-dollar behemoth that Democrats are going to just have a slush fund for Green New Deal. So these Democrats that purport to be moderate, they've taken these votes 99% of the time with Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you sound like you, uh, you guys are very well organized, focused on what you want to do, and uh, it'll really take we the people to make this change. So we appreciate it. Good job. Thank you so much, Mark, and thanks to all your listeners. We are energized, and I am optimistic that next November we are going to fire Nancy Pelosi once and for all and win back the House. God, I hope you're right. Thank you. God bless. All right. Very nice lady, by the way. She's a fighter, sounds to me. Doesn't she sound that way to you, Mr. Producer? (laughs) Better than Liz Cheney. Although recently, and I hate to say this, because I used to like her, uh, low bar. And I think Elise Stefanik is a very high bar. Now listen to this. 37 police officers have been murdered in the first five months of 2021. 37. Don't you think they deserve congressional medals of honor? Or congressional gold medals, I guess they call them. There's no discussion about this. Now, Christopher Wray, the hapless FBI director, mentioned that in front of his House Oversight Committee hearings. To his credit, 37. That's way up from this time last year. But those are human beings. Those are human beings with families. According to the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund, 148 police officers have died of all causes so far in 2021. Of from 134 this time last year, traffic deaths in particular have risen 42%, but I'm talking about 37 have been murdered. Murdered. Should that be in the front page of the Washington Compost in the New York Slimes? Shouldn't people be hearing more about that? Do we know their names? Do you know anything about them? No, we don't. Why is that? Because with our media and the Democrat Party, the lives of police officers are just not that important. Unless they can exploit them for their own purposes. 
It's a very diabolical movement we're up against, ladies and gentlemen. Very diabolical. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Pre-order your copies now. I'm just encouraging you to do it. It's almost 40% off. You can get the first edition. So there's a lot of reasons to do it, and it'll show up at your doorstep on July 13th. Everybody's saying, oh, let's have this as a national holiday, and this as a national holiday. Well, this is our, our start date in terms of a big-time pushback. I hope that's the goal here. As far as I can do it with you, and you can do it with me. And uh, so... I would also say it's something you'll want to take your time and read through and, uh, and digest it, and we'll do this together. If you prefer audio, there's audio there as well. Uh, but I would encourage you to jump in with both feet. Many, many of your fellow patriots have already done it, and uh, we can use your help. We can use everybody's help. So everybody jump in, and we'll get rolling, baby. Get rolling, baby. We're going to be moving and grooving, to quote the great Marv over there at uh, the Gem Shopping Network. Edward, Chicago, Illinois, XM Satellite, how are you, sir? Good, good. The second time, Matt. It's great to uh, get a call here. I'm calling you from the police fire neighborhood, you know, the good guys, you know. Oh, yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, over here by Midway Airport. Yeah, uh, quickly, you know, though, it's interesting. The mayor wants to uh, ask for federal help. Where, Where was she last year on this? She asked for what? I'm sorry. She's begging for uh, federal help. Oh, she uh, wants federal help. I see. Well, she needs mental help, to be perfectly honest with you. She's unhinged. She's a racist. Uh, She has uh, 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 really encouraged the criminals to be criminals. She's encouraged the teachers in the past not to teach. She's a complete disaster. A complete disaster. And I don't know what federal help's going to do when you have a lousy ignorant, leftist mayor like her. I don't know what federal help's going to do. What? As Nancy Pelosi says, we should send in the stormtroopers? What should we do? Where are you, Edward? Are you still with me? Yeah, I'm still here. Hey, I'm Putin. Hey, it's time for the electric pause bomb. We're going to fry your grid if you do this hacking again. That's what Mr. Biden should have done. Well, we should definitely uh, respond in kind. And, uh, and that's been done before, and we haven't done it this time. Look, Biden is a coward. He talks tough. Uh, he always has. He's a coward. In the end, he's not going to do what needs to be done. 
Putin sized him up today. That's what troubles me. Xi sized him up through Putin. Putin will talk to Xi about it. The Iranians already know he's a light touch. The Palestinian terrorists already know he's an easy pushover. All our enemies are salivating. Things are going to happen that are going to get uglier and uglier and uglier as time goes on. He's making nice with the appeasement movement in Europe. It's, it's all in the wrong direction with this fool. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. Let us continue. Matt, Santa Barbara, California, the great KSMA. Go. Yellow. Thank you, Mark. Um, I, had a, I heard a statement from uh, President Biden. I, hello. I heard a statement from President Biden after his uh, discussions with Putin today, and I was stunned by the statement. I can't believe any American president would say that other than possibly Woodrow Wilson, and I think there's a lot of comparison. Um, he said, and I think I'm quoting, and he said, I presented a list to Putin of 16 mm-hmm. targets that were off limits to Russian hackers. And I, I was stunned, Mark. I mean, I know what President Trump's reaction to that would have been, and I'd love to hear what your comments are. Yeah, well, what he did then is he told him the top targets he ought to hit. That's number one. These are the 16 that are off limits. Okay, those are the 16 we should hit then, right? Number two, what happens to target number 17, 18, and all the rest of them? He, that, that, it, you're exactly right. What he should have said is, cut it out, or we're going to hurt you. And I don't mean just respond. I mean, we're going to hurt you. But he's a coward. That's Joe Biden. He's a coward. He's not going to do that. He'll surrender. I mean, he gave them the pipeline, for God's sake. Donald Trump would have said that... It's insane, Mark. Donald Trump would have said there's one target. Anything that is affected, that affects the U.S., its um, economic or strategic interests, we will retaliate in kind or greater. What do you think Reagan would have done? I'm scared to death, to tell you the truth. Reagan would have acted... I don't think Reagan would have said anything. He already would have hammered them. I don't either. He would have done. He would have been done. I mean, the thing would have been reported. It would have been confirmed, and he would have taken action. That's exactly right. Well, uh, we've got what we've got. Scared to death, Mark. To tell you the truth. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you. Thank you, sir. All right, Matt. You take care. Let's continue. Patricia Spokane, Washington, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? I'm good, Mark. I just wanted to comment. I could comment on every topic you've covered today. Uh, I'm a retired 30-year teacher. I'm a conservative. And what I see happening with CRT is so developmentally inappropriate, it astounds me. Also, I'm the widow of a a retired naval officer, and he would be astounded as to what is happening in the military today. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to comment on that. And just well, you're so right. And they're going through every one of our institutions and trying to destroy them. While they have a temporary hold on power, they want to make it a permanent hold on power. While they have control of our institutions, you can see what the mayors are doing to these police forces and these city councils are doing to these police forces. And now you can see what they're doing to our Pentagon. Uh, and uh, it, it, is, it is truly sickening. Absolutely sickening. And if and when we take power back, we need to really crush from within these elements in our, uh, in our bureaucracy. We, we need to change our rules with respect to civil servants and public sector unions. It's not going to happen overnight, but we need to start to have a dialogue on this. We need to push back. Ideas do have consequences. Some things we'll be able to do quickly, and I want to talk about those as soon as I can. Quickly. Other things we have to do over the span of time, but we have to do it. We need to go on offense and push them on their heels. 
That's the whole point of this book, American Marxism. I want to thank you for your call, and I want to thank you and your husband for your service to the country. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I want to thank all of you great patriots out there. I know. I'm excited. July 13th. I can't move it up. And I'll see you tomorrow. Be well.